the buckets are going by. How many have been enjoying the Blessed Life series? Amen. Two amens. How many have been stretched by the Blessed Life series? Revealing some things in our hearts, huh? And again, I told you, if you want to get this book, it was just rewritten just a little while ago and just released again. It's called The Blessed Life by Robert Morris. This book changed me and Miss Don's life over 15 years ago about finances and how, what God wants us to do with the things that he has given us. Um, it is not comfortable because he wants us to be, God wants to be conformed more and more into his son's image. I mean, conformity hurts sometimes. But it's always so good because he knows what's best for us. How many believe that? So today, we went through, again, we've been going through the series. Today is a question. um, That's the title. It said, am I generous? That's the question I'm going to ask everybody that I was at. You know, that's the name of the series, the, the title of the series. Am I generous? And I thought I was before I went through this. Then I found some areas that I was selfish in. So if you have your Bibles, we'll be going to John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Um, and we're going to be equaling at that version of it. Um, it's about Mary and Jesus and, and Martha and her brother Lazarus. It says here, if you don't have your Bibles, it's on the screen. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining at him, with him at the table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard. Now, pure nard comes from all the way from India. Just wanted to let you know that. And anointed his, uh, the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. And But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples whom he was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for, five, for 300 denarii? And given to the poor. He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. Everyone said thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you'll always have with you, but you do not always have me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you in this moment. Holy Spirit, you are the one that directs us and guides us and convicts us and loves us and graces us to do all the things we need to do. We accept in this moment, in this time, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. One thing I was, when I was reading this passage, I remember now the holiday season's coming up and we know it's Christmas, Thanksgiving first, then Christmas. Uh, and we know there's favorite movies that come on every year. Now I'm gonna do a quiz. We know during Christmas, there's one movie that comes out, and we see it on NBC, we'll see it on Netflix, we'll see it all on TBN and TBS, and, and it's in black and white. I'll give you a hint. What's the name of that movie? Wonderful a Wonderful Life. And all the young people said, what is that? <laughs> it's George. You don't want to miss George. Okay, I'll give you a young for young one. How many seen The Blind Side? All right, and I got everybody in the room. Here's a good one. How many of you seen Pay It Forward? How many cried at the end? Oh, you men aren't going to admit it? I did. How many cried at the end of A Wonderful Life? Yeah, right? Everyone's showing up and helping George. And the blind side, how many cried for that? No one cried. You guys have a hardened heart. 
by the end of this service, you're going to be soft. Well, anyway, the reason why I love those movies, it represents generosity. And really, it taps into the way God created us. Created us. We're generous. And that touches our heart. But when you read this story, we see a contrast of what was going on. We have Mary, who poured out all the nard. And then we have Judas, his response to that. Now, Mary was generous. Judas was selfish. Generous, selfish. Now, how do we discover if we're selfish or not? God uses this thing called giving. And that's how we discover any selfish pockets in the heart. Giving of our time, our talent, and our treasure. We discover if we're selfish or not through giving. And we discovered there that Mary was generous and Judas was selfish. Which takes me into three points I want to I go over. There's three points in here. The first one is the enemy of generosity. The enemy of generosity. Now, selfishness is the enemy of generosity. Now, how many know when you were born, you didn't come out saying, you didn't come out sharing everything, especially as a child? How many four-year-olds were sharing all their toys? How many had the word yes when your parents, when you were born, when you were about two years old? You say, yes, mom, yes, dad, I'll do everything you tell me to do. How many said no, no? And then when you got older, you're about eight, mine, mine, mine. And y'all, I can see your your hair going up when I say that. It's electricity goes through your spine. Mine, mine. How many parents had to break up the minds? How many showed justice in it? You didn't care, did you? You just wanted peace, right? I don't care whose it is. Give it to them. They got my stuff too. Right? Mine. Mine. Well, we were born that way. But when we were born again into Jesus, we became generous. I'm hoping that we have. Now, I wrote this down because I love, lang- I love, um, I love the uh, letters. You can write this down. God is generous, G, and Satan is selfish, S. That me- Isn't that amazing? God is generous. Satan is selfish. Now, she poured out Denard. Amazing thing about Mr. Judas. He had this superficial religious superiority complex. We should have poured it out and gave it to the poor. Like he really cared about the poor. He didn't care about the poor. You ever been there? Go by someone's house, you know, go to church, see that nice house, you're like, these ought to be given more. How they afford such a nice house? They ought to give it to the poor. And what you're doing is you're reflecting something you should be doing. So it's better for you to put them down. I met a young man, and I worked at the, when I didn't work at the car place, we, he worked here, he was an elder in the church. 
worked in one of the car dealerships. He told me, Pastor Rich, these people, these rich people come into my area. Then they should be giving in their churches, but they're not. They're so cheap. They're so, they don't want to do it. So my job is to receive, hack up the price, and to receive this money, and I'll give it in my church. One, let's deal with your heart. You're selfish, you're envious, and you're jealous. And then you put religious superiority over it. And you put Jesus in the middle of it. How do you know they're not giving? Everyone come to your house, how much money do you make? Um, well, no, I worked 40-something years and retired school. Really? How much do you give? More than you. Why do you ask that question? Shouldn't ask that question. This is Judas. We all got a little Judas in us. Someone's doing well. How they get that car? How they get? I bet you he's not. I bet you she's not. I bet you're not doing anything either. I bet you the biggest givers in the church. You ever figure that out? Maybe God's trying to show you how good He is to them. See, now Jesus had to know that Judas was a thief. He knew he was going to betray him. How many people believe that? Now he knew he was going to, he was going to, you know, and he's taking money out the kitty. Going to Chick-fil-A. Stopping at the store. Jesus, I'll be back. Jesus, where'd you get all these nice clothes? No, I don't worry about the Lord. Bless me, Lord. You know what I'm saying? You know? And he's there with them, but Jesus already knew that he was a thief, but also he still gave him charge over the money. The reason why, because God doesn't tempt us, but he will test us to make us successful. That which you're weakest in, he's going to test you in so you become successful in. That's why he does that. So whatever you fail, that area, he's going to test you in that area so you become successful. Not to fail you, but to pass you. But he didn't pass the test. He always gives us opportunities to succeed. Because he all wants us to be extravagant givers. Now, that's the second point. The extravagance of generosity. How many know God is an extravagant giver? And real generosity, guys, is extravagant. Remember the widow's two mites? She put all she had in the offering plate. But see, it wasn't about the amount. It was about the attitude. You got to remember that. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you in the church, but if your attitude is sorry, it's still, God looks at that and says, get away from me. Your attitude stinks. It was about the attitude, not the amount. So you can give all you have with a bad attitude and receive nothing in return. Make sense? Now, the, the one, Mary gave a denarii. In those days, a denarii was one day's wage. Now, let's look at it translated in today's world. If you make $5 an hour, how, many money, how much money do you make in a day? $40. In a year, $12,000. Right? Who's tracking with me? She took $12,000 and broke it. The other um, thing said, broke it and poured it all over Jesus' head and his feet. In a year, it's worth of wages. She just gave it all in the moment. 
and expecting nothing back. That's amazing. That is amazing. Because you got to think, how do I give to God who owns everything? How can I be extravagant to God who's very extravagant to me? And it's amazing when you see that. In 2 Corinthians 8, 5, it says, what we can do, it's not about finances, but our attitude. We can give ourselves first to the Lord. 2 Corinthians 2, 8, 8, 5 says, but they gave themselves first to the Lord. See, when you give your first, yourself first to the Lord, your money will trail. Here's what I wrote down. We can't say we have given God our heart if we haven't given him our money. We can't say it. We can't honor God with our lips and be so far from him and not show it in our actions. Something possible. Well, I love God. Well, okay. Is that just lip service? I love Jesus. The reason why I love Jesus, he did not only say he loved me, he demonstrated it. That's amazing. He didn't say, oh, I love you. I love you, world. I love you, world. I love you, world. And I'll get to dying for you soon. He did it to show his love before we were even worthy of it. How many are tracking with me? Now, when you look at the church and you look at giving, what we call, there's three ladders of giving. What I call three levels of giving. Tithe, offering, and extravagant offerings. Extravagant offerings is like we're going to do a building fund in January. That's extravagant. We want to gut this place. We want to change this place. It's going to cost some money. We want to do that. That's what we call extravagant pain. It's a pain for me to ask for it. It's a pain for you to give, but we're going to have pain together. Praise the Lord. Uh, second service. <laughs> Same thing about 2014. Let me give you some statistics. Only 5.7% of Christians tithe in 2014. Undesignated tithe. Undesignated. You can't designate the tithe. Remember we said last, the last few weeks you're returning it back to God. You can't say, let me put it in this ministry. No, it's the tithe. Now, we like to designate because we want control. Or we don't trust the church. But he didn't tell you to trust the church. He said trust him. Make sense? Now, that means 93, no, I'm sorry, in 2015, that went down to 3 to 5% tithe to the church. That means between, with the 2014, between 93 to 97% never make it to the first level. Never make it to the first level. How much does God ask first? What, 10%? What's 10% of 400? Okay, so if you give $40 to the church, you're telling it for a month. You're telling the church you only made $400 a month. Is that real? Now, college student, they get loans. They get money. Now, if they gave, 200, uh, gave $20, because they got $200 for the month. But an adult, giving $40 and $50, so if you get $50, how much do you make a month? You're saying you make a month. How am I doing? It's not, that, that's not easy, is it? Here's the other kicker. 
today, congregation, 25% of the congregation fully tithe. So these are 100, about 75% who do not, or they just tip. Now, here's the hard part. Most of the Christians in America only come to church twice a month. Yeah. That's why we have to do announcements for four weeks so we catch everybody. Now, it's between you and God, but this is just the facts. He said 10%. Now, you'll tip a great waitress, but you can't tip God. You got to at least get to, let's get to the first level. And if you want to make it work, we know how to make, how many know ingenuity in America? When we want something, how many work hard to get it? Well, God, we got the extravagant giver who gave his only son. Why can't we give him what he deserves? In fact, why can't we first return to him what he deserves? It's not even ours. Now, we know no one would come in this place and uh, we pass off from Buck and you have, oh, I learned this before, you pass off from Buck and you got tape on your hands and when you reach in, you reach out. No one would do that, would they? Not in this church, right? Y'all better say right. Thank you. All right, lock down the doors. But what we would do is keep out what belongs in the offering bucket and give it to Visa and give it to whoever else. And then you'll, here's the thing. Then you'll say, I'm financially strapped. Yeah, you are, because if you missed the last two lessons that you need to go through the whole series, you just cursed the rest of your money. So you got cursed money sitting in the bank. I've been there. Didn't give anything. Income tax came. Everyone got theirs but mine. The only joy I had was putting it in the bank. Then the house just blew up. That broke down. That broke down. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. And I used to use this excuse. At least I had the money to pay for it. Why would I want to live like that? So you got to remember, when we give to, give to God, he rewards us, which takes us to the last point. There's a rewards of generosity, guys. The extravagant of the rewards of generosity. Number three. Look at what happened here. Mark 14, 9. And truly I said to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in the memory of her. Now this, gospel, this, this message here, this, this uh, passage is also translated again in Matthew chapter 26, 6 to 11, and in Mark, Mark 14, 13, uh, 3 to 8. And when it's saying here, everyone remembers a giver. No one remembers a taker. I mean, my sister-in-law, when she was diagnosed with cancer and when they had her funeral, all they talked about was what she did and how much money she gave. No one knew about it. She would drive around and she became the food bank. She would go get all the money in the food bank and take it to all these neighborhoods. And when they got up, they declared a day for her. Everyone remembers givers. No one remembers the ones who don't give. Think about it. True generosity is remembered. She was remembered in the Bible. We're going to be remembered by who we leave it with. My children. My children's children should be givers because I'm a giver. Come on, somebody. It's, what you, it's going to be remembered. So when they, it's not hard to give words in a funeral. You make it easy. They did what God asked them to do. Plus, they act more like God by giving. 
That's why we love things. That's why we love Christmas, because we're actually doing the thing that God put in our heart to give. Make sense? Now, Matthew 26, 8, Judas is another story about a woman. She was a prostitute, and she's wiping her feet, I mean, her hair on Jesus' feet. And they're like, if you knew that woman, you'll kick her out of here. And then Jesus shares something with the Pharisees. Because you know how we get Pharisees? We can become Pharisees. She don't belong here. All these things. And they, they sinners, they're so far gone, they shouldn't even be in the place. And he told them what? Guess what? Check this out, guys. He gave them a story. This person was forgiven this much. This person was forgiven this much. Who would you uh, say... Um, is the one who forgive much. The one who was given much. So, if you remember how much you were forgiven, listen to me. You'll love much. Come on, somebody. If you don't remember where you came from and where you are, you'll love little. That messes me up. Not with just finances, especially when you walk around in unforgiveness. You forgot that you were forgiven? Now you want to hold on to something else? Please. Because you forgot where you were. You forgot you were dead and doomed. All of us were. You didn't come at, well, I'm God's best gift. Please. He got us back in return. Come on, somebody. And we forget. We become Pharisees. And we say, why waste it? Why waste it on them people? Why waste showing up and doing anything? Because you forgot where you were. Well, you didn't have anything. Now you got everything. Now you forgot. You forgot you didn't have a lot of money in the bank. You forgot you didn't have any real friends. You forgot all those things. And now you've become the statue of yourself. Wow. So when you say, show up, give 10%. I can't make it. Show up. Hey, can you just show up to the... To the um, to the food bank. I'm too busy. Oh, you forgot. Jesus wasn't too busy for us. I don't know where that came from. I'm going back to the message. I mean, really. We forgot these people out there dying and go to hell. You know, I remember a lot of it because I get to ride along with the police department. I'm reminded of it. We forgot. We're on our little island. The island of me. Convicted me to the core. Me whining about giving. I did. Pastors whine. When I have issues, I whine. My time, my talent convicted me of that. I told earlier about Ephesians 2, verses 5 through 6. Reason why Mary was able to be extravagant and and got rewarded for giving is because she, Jesus just raised her brother from the dead in chapter 11. And then I forgot, I didn't forget, I was, we were all dead. And he raised each and every one of us up. Amen. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6, even when we were dead in our trespass, man, it's alive together with Christ. By grace you have been and raised us up with him and seated us within heavenly places in Christ. See, a generous heart Stems from a grateful heart. See, Jesus wants all of us, not just some of us. Like I talk, we hear, you know about our place. One of our core barriers is discipleship. We don't want people to give their life to Jesus and don't follow through in baptism. What is that about? That's why we offer this. Well, I'm just not ready yet, but really? 
Are you surrendered or you just said a prayer that got out of trouble? And we got to beg for the things that people should be doing naturally through the Spirit of God. I know y'all ain't going to call me pastor of the year after this message, is it? I'm glad y'all gave me the gift before. <laughs> Let me tell you what we struggle with. That I had, I, I, you know, definition of generosity is this. Generosity, you give expecting nothing in return. Selfishness gives and expects something in return. It's nothing worse when someone comes to give you the resume, how long they've been doing something, and they want to be raised up versus letting God raise them up. And they forgot how fun it is to serve. They get, I did this because I'm going to get a spot. I didn't do this because I love God, but it's got to be a promotion for me if I do this. That's where you slip into selfishness. And you start telling everybody how great you were back then and how great you are now. So, you're doing what God called us to do. Like when I got my allowance, I said, Mom, you're going to... I never asked my mom to pay me to clean the, the driveway. She said, you live here. That's what you're supposed to do. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Don't pay your kids doing that. That's where they live, guys. Save you some money. Teach them to work early. It's a commercial. But see, her love translated itself into worship. It translated into action. Here's the question I'm going to leave you with. We're going to do worship and we got some people getting baptized. If you've never been baptized, we got stuff here you can get slip in and get baptized. Be a disciple. Don't be a converted. What do my offerings say about my level of gratitude and love for God. What do my offerings say about my level of gratitude and love for God? Because see, a generous heart stems from a grateful heart. Am I grateful? Am I grateful? Do I show my children I'm grateful? Do I show you I'm grateful? Most of all, do I show God I'm grateful? Because it's about my attitude, not my amount. How's our hearts this morning? Did we forgotten where we came from? Can't forget where we come from. I know I was nothing before Jesus. I'm still nothing, but his grace makes me something. A lot of you, if you don't, I hope this, you see this and your heart turns Guys, it ain't about no one beating you up. It's about God giving you this word to, to show you up so you'd be more like his son. But it takes me to admit where I'm at and where God wants to take me. I don't want to become a self-inflicted uh, Christian. reason why I have nothing because I give nothing, that's self-inflicted. I want to be a grace-gifted Christian. Reason why he puts me from place to place because I love him so much and there's nothing I can't withhold from him. Think about Jesus. Did he withhold anything from us? Did he? Did, he, did God withhold anything from us? Every head bowed, every eye closed.